Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. You think John Williams would be proud? <laughs> he just rolled over in his grave. No, no, he's still alive, right? He's still alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's rolling over. He's doing the, 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 something with the baton. Okay. What's up, everyone? How's it going? George Lucas just rolled over yeah. in his grave. George is still alive, too. Mark Hamill just rolled over in his grave. Yeah, uh, there we go. Uh, Alec Guinness rolled over in his grave because he is, you know. Okay. All right. What's up? You're watching Harrison Ford listening. just rolled over in his grave. <laughs> Well, in in the lore, yeah, actually, now. You're watching Slash this is the Command Zone podcast. Josh and I love Star Wars. How's it? Oh, hello. My name is Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. All right. We are talking about the remaining 16 solo, solo. legendary commanders from Commander Legends. <laughs> Uh, we did the other 16 in the previous episode, so if you haven't seen that um, and you don't hear the commander you want us to talk about in this episode, it's probably in that one, unless it's a partner commander, Yes. in which case there's 40 of those and we're going to be doing those in two separate episodes, which will come out later. I'm sure that wasn't confusing at all. Listen, there's a ton of cards in Commander Legends and you're a commander player if you're watching the show, so you want to get your hands on those cards and the best way to do that is cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You can pre-order all these cards right now. You can pre-order booster boxes, collector's boosters. You can pre-order the singles, which is the best and most efficient way to spend your money. Just pick out the cards that you know you want from the set and order those from Card Kingdom now because Card Kingdom is going to ship you the stuff the fastest. They're going to get you your cards faster than anybody else. Get them in your hands. The last thing you want is the set releases, mm-hmm. and you got to wait a long time before you get your hands on your cards. Yeah, and there's tons of amazing cards. We're going to be talking about so many interactions today, jam-packed in this outline. And when you get those cards, and when you need to play with them, because you're going to make a deck, you're going to slot some of these cards into existing decks. That's what we're talking about. In the 99 as commanders, you're going to want to put them in. Wow. You can just feel it from the camera, even though you're far away now and you're looking at them from here or you're just listening to us. 
Ultra Pro makes the best product on the market, and we trust them for good reason. I've used their sleeves in every single situation imaginable as a Magic player in tournaments, uh, for my all my Commander decks, for my draft sleeves, and the Ultra Pro the sleeves, they just fit every occasion, whether or not you're going for the Art sleeves or the Pro Gloss Eclipse sleeves, which we love to death. Look at the color on this Arami right here. This is a Pro gloss eclipse sleeve and the colors so vibrant because they change the back of the eclipse mm -hmm. sleeve so that they really do um allow the colors and the foiling and everything to pop this is not foil but yeah uh yeah, they are really the best sleeves on the market right now. For and sure. they're they're consistently made. They're, you're going to get a good product, right? Because it's a bigger company. You know that you're going to get the batches that they make, right? All the sleeves are going to be the right cuts, all that stuff. Uh, a lot of those things that we trust Ultra Pro for and as well on Game Nights and, and uh, all of our Extra Turns episodes. Uh, and the final way to support all of our content... Content? Content? Content is directly. If you go to patreon.com slash command zone, you get all kinds of perks like talking to Jimmy and I on our Discord each and every day. Also, you get to watch extra turns and game nights earlier than the general public. And yeah. when you watch it early, those exclusive premieres are ad-free. Uh, and we have two episodes of game nights centered around Commander Legends. Sorry, two episodes... One of Game Nights, one of Extra Turns. Yes. Sorry, don't, don't, don't quote me on that earlier part. <laughs> uh, coming out very soon. So join the Patreon right now. There's no better time because you're going to get a lot of value by seeing those two episodes early. And also, one of the other perks is we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to... Robert, Robert Negret. 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 Robert, you rock. No regrets. All right, <laughs> All right let's go to Commander Legends Solo Legends Part 2. We already laid out how this is working. We did one episode. There's a bunch more to go. We're also going to do a set review with mm -hmm. cards that go in the 99. We might do like a draft primer episode because this is a set that's meant to be drafted. But for now, let us finish off the 16 remaining solo legends from Commander Legends. That means legendary creatures... Uh, that do not have the partner mechanic. Correct. And in each of the color pairings, there are two commanders, except for two of them because of the commander pre-cons. One is uncommon, one's rare, and then there is one of each of the shard and wedges. So we've covered a lot of the shards and wedges. We're going to be talking a lot more about the two color options today. Let's start it off with green-white Selesnia. First up is Hamza, Guardian of Arashin who is four, a green, and a white for a 5-5 legendary elephant warrior. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Creature spells you cast cost one less to cast for each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Oh, a little similarities to Animar there. Yes, that's right. It's the green-white Animar. It only, the main thing it cares about are how many creatures you control with plus one, plus one counters on it. It doesn't matter how many counters are on each creature. Um, unfortunately, I think they made a mistake here. They should have said creature spells and planeswalker spells you cast cost one less to cast. Oh, interesting. Because poor Ajani, every single Ajani adds plus one, plus one counters either to your entire team or whatever. But probably doesn't go, or at least you don't want a lot of them in this deck because they can't yeah. count towards the mana reduction. Interesting. But you still are going to play every plus one, plus one counters matters card because the idea is that Hamza may always cost just green white depending because, mm. you know, you're going wide. Hardened Scales is a card that works great. And then I wanted to organize this order by efficiency. So I think really efficient cards in this deck. Anok Guide is one in the green for a dog scout. It's a 1-1. One, one, and it, when it enters the battlefield, you have two options. You either put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So that would 
count towards Hamza. Or you can search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, shuffle your library, and then put that card on top of it. So it actually gives you a little option if, you if need you're stuck on lands. Yeah, if you need yeah. fixing. A lot of times, right, you'll keep a hand that looks a little sketchy, but if you have an Anok guy in there that guarantees your third land drop and you're totally happy to play it. Or later on in the game, it gives you a plus one, plus one counter. It's still a body, too, that can hold a plus one counter later, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Precisely. Um, and just like that, Polymbright Druid is a card that's very similar, but you can put a plus one, plus one counter on the target creature when it enters, or you proliferate. So again, good early, good late, very mm, efficient. Like and then we have the Megamorph, uh, because when they flip over, you get a plus one, plus one counter on it. And Inox Survivalist gets rid of enchantments or artifacts, and Den Protector uh, yeah, gets you back cards from your graveyard. He witnesses stuff. Um, the Ozolith, uh, I yep. think, is a perfect inclusion in this deck, because when your creatures die, you're going to want to be able to put those counters back on other things. And again, Hamza wants to go wide, I think. So um, I put a couple new cards in here that I'm really excited about. One is Basri's Lieutenant. It's a creature human knight with 3-4. It's got protection from multicolor. When it enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature control. However, whenever Bosri's Lieutenant or another creature you control dies, if it had a plus one, plus one counter on it, create a 2-2 two, two white creature token with vigilance. Oh, nice. And the goal of this deck is really to create a lot of creatures that have plus one, plus one counters rather than put a lot of counters on any one creature. Yeah. So that, that could be a lot of value. And you still play hard and scales because when yeah. you put those counters on, you you well instead of making all your 1-1s, one ones, they become 3-3s, three and it's like, great. Uh, and this is a card that Josh went off with. And I think it's just going in a lot of white decks now. It's just always good. It's Felidar Retreat. Three and white for an enchantment has Landfall. And uh, when you hit Landfall, you have two options. You can either create a 2-2 cap beast, or you can put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control. Oh, for a land. Yep. And you're in Celestia, so hitting extra land drops with Farseeks and Rampagrowths and thing is a possibility, or you're going to be playing the creatures yeah. that pull more lands into play, so th- it's possible to hit landfall two, or three times. make a 2-2, two, two, then put a counter yeah. on it, right? On it everything. You, it gives you yeah. everything you need to combo off with Hamza. Yep, it's great. Um, and then Shalai, Voice of Plenty, also puts counters on everything. Evolution Sage proliferates. Uh, Kyathra's Crusade, more plus one, plus one counters. These are the more uh, yeah. plus one, plus one counter staple type cards. Yeah, exactly. And then if you want to be like Animar and reduce the mana cost of big creatures, you want to play cards like Dragonlord Dramoka, which just mm-hmm. always does work whenever it enters the battlefield because it says your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. And I remember losing to Melissa DeTora in that yeah, card exactly. in, a, yeah, in a very old Game Nights. I think in an ideal, like in a fast-paced deck, you can play an Avenger of Zendikar extremely early. You can play a Vorinclex extremely early if you for want to card be... card for jerks. Yeah. I think this deck, too, can conceivably mill someone out with an Ultra of Dementia. It should be able to be built in a way where you're going wide, putting tons of tokens on, and yeah, then... If they happen to, like... Alt-win condition, right? Yeah. If they happen to, like, Glacial Chasm or something, you have a way to still... Or even if they board wipe, just be right. like, all right, mill you for 50. Right. <laughs> or even, you know, close to 100. Um, so that's Hamza. Pretty fun card. Uh, it's like, it's basically Animar, but for green-white. Yeah, and I like what you said about efficiency early. Like, make sure the ones, twos, three drops. Because that's one thing you learn from Animar, right? Like, yeah. Oh, my god. You gosh. really want to get Animar right out in time, and then you want to play cards in a specific order to get counters on as fast as possible. And Hamza, you want to play those creatures actually before Hamza comes out. Yeah, you need a lot of creatures. But you really want to go one drop, two drop, three drop, and Somehow they all have plus one, plus one counters, and now you can play Hamza on turn four, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe even earlier, depending. So Yeah, play Rishkar, play yeah. Jang Yangu. All of those cards can add plus one, plus one counters. Oh, Rishkar's so good. Makes all of the all of the mana dorks, too. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty sweet. All right, let's talk about the next one, which is Lathiel, the Bounteous Dawn. Two, a green and white, four mana total for a 2-2 legendary unicorn with lifelink. At the beginning of each end step, if you gained life this turn distribute up to that many plus one plus one counters among any number of other target creatures whoa so lathiel says triggers only on your end step 
says, how much life did you gain? Well, first of all, it says, did you gain life? Mm-hmm. Then says, how much life did you gain? Okay, you can put that many plus one, plus one counters, whatever, you know, if you gain five, five life, five. it'll be five. Yeah. Onto any other creatures. You cannot put the plus one, plus one counters onto Lathiel. But you can even put it onto your opponent's creatures. Don't know why you would, but maybe sometimes you might think about it. Uh, <laughs> most of the time, obviously, you're just going to be putting the counters onto your own creatures. Yeah, and each end step, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, at the beginning of each end step, yeah. So you want to be able to gain life during other people's turns. If you want to be able to reliably gain life, right? Yeah. So I think one of the first things, I mean, life gain staple type cards, I think are going to go in here, like the Soul Sisters. Yep, that's Soul Warden, Soul's Attendant, uh, and they just gain life when another creature enters the battlefield under your control. Yep, then there's like Suture Priest, which is very similar, also deals some damage to your opponents. But it's also when when a creature enters the battlefield under the opponent's control, yeah, they lose a life. So now you're you're almost playing Aristocrats in Green White. (laughs) You usually want um, the thing gaining you the life to be creatures if possible, obviously, because those will be targets to put the counters on again because Lathiel can't put the targets on herself or himself i have mm-hmm. no idea the gender uh authority of the consoles another gain life when uh creatures enter the battlefield but this under, time under this your opponent's, opponent's control, control which so, is yeah. great because it triggers on their end step you've gained life during their turn now and it makes them enter the battlefield tapped which is extremely annoying uh a johnny's welcome mm-hmm. a, another similar effect uh and then you know other cards that go in gain life decks. So Heliod Suncrown, the new Heliod. This is not going to be a surprise to anyone. Now you're playing Walking Ballista because there's just... You may as well throw it in there, right? So Also, Lathiel works really well with Walking Ballista even if you don't get Heliod out. Yep. So that's just a sort of gimme combo you're probably going to run. Then you want the life gain, staples, and payoffs. Mm -hmm. Well of Lost Dreams, you draw cards for life gain. Uh, Aetherflux Reservoir, if you get enough life, you laser beam Death Star people down. Jimmy, you've been on the receiving end of that one. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, Crested Sunmare, you create five fives if you can gain uh, life. At the beginning of each end step, so actually this works really well with Lathiel. And they actually almost look identical in terms of what they're doing. Yeah, they really do. (laughs) Actually, Crested Sunmare just looks like Lathiel with like different armor on or something. It's like Lathiel's cousin. What? That is not a unicorn. This is like how Michael Bay reuses his effect shots. (laughs) Yeah, he just paints on more stuff. He's just like, I use it in Transformers 1. I use it in The Rock, so now I'm going to use it in Transformers 2, and then, oh, yeah, use it in Miami Vice or whatever. He didn't do Miami Vice, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, the car is blowing up does look cool no matter what, and in this case, you know, majestic horses leaping to the left. Uh, There's (laughs) Resplendent Angel, Angelic Accord. They all create uh, creatures, flyers for you, angels for you. uh, And at each end step, too. Yeah, if you gain enough life. And then, of course, there's plus one, plus one ca- uh, counter synergy stuff that you want, too. So, Hardened mm-hmm. Scales goes in this deck. Uh, Conclave Mentor is a good Celestia one. Yeah, that's a new card as well from M21. If one, It's basically what Hardened Scales is, uh, but when it dies, you also gain life equal to its power. So, that's another yeah. way to trigger end step stuff. Yeah, it can, it can be the life gain thing. Branching Evolution is the the new one from, what is this from? Jumpstart. Ugh. It's unfortunately extremely yeah. hard to get. So, just keep this card sort of on the radar. When Jumpstart gets reprinted, go to Card Kingdom and pick it up because it will drop significantly and that's a doubling season but only for plus one plus one counters and then there's evolution sage again which we already mentioned uh which proliferates the plus one plus one counters so very nice yeah i think lathia will be a fun like you know stompy type deck attack with a bunch of creatures also probably a little bit go wide like hamza but you probably put hamza in the lathia deck yeah probably may as well because it's probably only going to cost like a you know the two mana right most of the time yeah all right, moving on, we got a pretty interesting one, a real buff boy. It's Jared Cartholion, True Air, which I think is all the way back to Ice Age is when this lore goes. Oh, really? So, yeah, Commander Legends, uh, in the same way that Baron Sangir, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot of throwbacks here. Uh, he is Naya, so red, green, and white for a 3-3. 
human warrior when Jared enters the battlefield uh, get a ring. Yeah, just kidding. That was a that was a, a dumb jewelry joke for a Jared Jewelers. Oh, he went to Jared. <laughs> he went to Jared. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when boom, <laughs> I think a lot of people even on the East Coast are like, I've never heard uh, yeah. of Jared before. Uh, okay, so when Jared enters the battlefield, target opponent becomes. Wait, did you write that one last night? Like, I'm gonna say this one. No, I just thought about it. Oh. It didn't didn't come out that great. <laughs> Okay, when Jared enters the battlefield, this is interesting. Target opponent becomes the monarch, and you can't become the monarch this turn. So you can't play him and then hit the person that became the monarch with a creature or something and get it back. And it says, if damage would be dealt to Jared Cartholian while you're the monarch, prevent that damage and put that many plus one plus one counters on it. So on the surface, this doesn't seem that great. You're giving someone else the monarch, you can't take it back that same turn, and then you have to deal damage to Jared... Oh, is that a hair? Kiwi hair on your nose, yeah. Oh, there's plenty of those. Yeah. Uh, playing where that came from. Uh, and you have to deal damage to him to get plus one, plus one counters on. It's like a lot of hoops to jump through yeah. for just Jared. So, and the upside's not that great, right? Like, no, he just gets he has bigger. To be dealt, and he has to be dealt damage, and your opponent's going to be like, fine, I just won't deal him damage because I don't want him to get bigger, right? Yeah, so I think in the 99, this is a really fun, slightly more casual way to kick off Monarch. Okay. You can give it to someone that maybe is a little far behind. It's, you know, it's a very efficient card in Nye. It's just three man for a 3-3. Three, three. Um, I think it's really good, actually, in Merith, Will of the Wild, because Merith can, one, create small green elemental creature tokens that can then attack your opponents, or you can ping Jared. Oh, double the... And so you're in the middle of an attack, maybe, and they don't block, and you're like, ping him four times, yeah. put eight one one counters it's on him. It's massive, yeah. yeah. So you can, like... Merith, I think, and Jared work together well. Nyeth of the Dire Hunt is all about fighting, so that's another way for Jared to get damage done to him. Oh, that's cool. So I think he's in a lot of decks. He is a non-bow with Saskia because Saskia, let's say um, I make you the Monarch and I, and I choose you to get the extra damage from Saskia. Yeah. If Saskia hits the other person and then it deals the damage to you, it won't take the Monarch back because it's not combat damage. That's the uh, only way to take it back. So Saskia would still have to hit you. So don't think this works with Saskia. Because it doesn't. Don't think that, everybody. Don't think that. Um, oh. Otherwise, you're playing the hit yourself cards. Yeah, I was going to say, this could be a stop hitting yourself type of commander, right? Because it's got pingers in red and, yeah. Yeah, once Pyrohemia and things like that, just to just as pump spells for Jared, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Jared. Good old Jared. He's this either selling the rings or Subway sandwiches. You know all those people that were mad about Rick being a card in oh, Magic? Oh, right, right. Jared's already a card in Magic. Not <laughs> <a bit>. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have Brash Taunter, which is allows you to fight creatures and has Stuffy Doll type text. Grothama, All Devouring, is a card that loves to fight other creatures. Blasphemous Act is a really good board wipe with Jared on the battlefield. 13 counters on yeah, it. <laughs> but, um, Probably then, play the Monarch cards too so that yeah. you can, you know... You can't steal the monarch back the turn that you played Jared, but the next turn you could maybe cast a spell that makes you become the monarch. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And now you're attacking with Jared in a situation where you are the monarch on the turn after you played him. Yeah, that's a great idea. And There's the people, new, like, court ofs, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. People just won't want to block him as well because they'll most likely lose a creature in the process. Uh, and then if you just want to fight Jared to make him bigger, uh, Nature's Way is pretty good. Oh, Nature's Way actually is a one-sided fight spell, so if you don't, if Jared's already taken some damage, actually it doesn't matter, Jared doesn't care about damage, so you can use any of the fight spells. Yeah, all the fight spells are good. In fact, you want the ones that don't just punch. Yeah. You want the ones where Jared will take damage from it. Yeah, like Primal Might is a new one that's in standard. It's X and a green. Target creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn. Then it fights up to one target creature you don't control. So this card is actually just for green. Jeez. A fight spell. Prey right. upon, right? Which yeah. is really great. Um, but and you, you can, can also pump the creature. Pump the creature. And then if Jared does that, fights, and now he's like a 12-12, you can maybe Voltron someone out. 
Um, and then Domri, Anarch of Bolas, also does fighting. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting is if you went the prevent the damage route. Mm -hmm. So Prodean Hydra is a card that if damage would be dealt to it, prevent that damage and you remove plus and plus encounters on it. And then whenever a plus and plus encounters removed from Prodean Hydra, put two X plus and plus encounters on it at the beginning of the next end step. So you could play all these types of cards and then Blasphemous Act, make them really big and all they you know, become huge, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Seki Season's Guide is this really bizarre one where if damage would be dealt to it, you remove that many encounters and you make spirits. Oh, yeah. So you can get into some interesting loops because you can sack eight spirits to return from the graveyard to the battlefield. Phytohydra has a similar text. These are all cards that want to take damage. They want to take damage, This is yeah. a Stop Hitting Yourself deck, but with green. I've usually played it with Mardu. Ah, And right. this is definitely going to be better because it's with green. Yeah. And all the fight spells are huge here. But also, it's you got green. Yeah, and green. So so you get all the green cards. Ramp. So it's going to be better. Well, Ramp. Card draw. Who doesn't want some? <laughs> and card draw. <laughs> Who thought we'd be saying that? Uh, anyway. Vigor as well as oh, the same cool idea. One. And But this one prevents Kinda damage to all your ability to, to everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I put a new category in here. Called, I'm calling it Jesper Hill for Kyle and Jesper. It's just highly efficient removal. And if you're in red and green, you got to play Hull Breach. It's a sorcery that destroys artifacts, enchantments, or artifacts and enchantments. That's pretty good. It's better than Destiny. For two mana. Yeah, for yeah. two mana, yeah. All right, let's talk about the next one. Uh, it is Araumi of the Dead Tide. I think we mentioned this last episode, but Araumi is going to be the fourth deck that's being played in the Extra Turns episode Ooh, featuring exciting. Commander Legends. Um, I believe Ashlyn plays this deck. Um Okay, it's one, a blue, and a black for a 1-4 legendary merfolk wizard. And this card features one of the new mechanics from Commander Legends. So you can tap around me and exile cards from your graveyard equal to the number of opponents you have. Mm. And then target creature in your target creature card in your graveyard gains Encore until end of turn. The Encore cost is equal to its mana cost. Ooh. What Encore is, you exile the creature card and pay its mana cost. For each opponent, create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn if able. They gain haste. Sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. Activate only as a sorcery. So let's go through this again. You tap around me and you, and you exile cards from your graveyard equal to the number of opponents you have. So if you're in a four-player game, part of the cost of activating this ability is you have to have at least, well, I guess it would be four cards in your graveyard. <laughs> right. Because you're going to exile three of them, one for each opponent, and tap around me, and then have one card left that's a creature card that mm -hmm. you're targeting. So there is, like, you're going to have to fill up your graveyard in order to make this work. But then, let's say you've got a Moldrifter in there. Ooh. You can pay five mana. You exile the Moldrifter now from your graveyard, and you make a copy of Moldrifter for each opponent. So you'll make three Moldrifters, draw six cards, and then those, car those Moldrifters have haste, have to attack each opponent, so one of them assigned to each of your opponents, and then you will exile them at the beginning of the next end step. You could conceivably do this on your second main and not have them attack, just right. to pay the encore, but I think generally, if it's free damage, if it you're going to get, get rid of them anyway. Yeah, they're going away anyway. But there are some tricky ways to keep them, so maybe you would not um, right. want to attack with them, or if they're going to die yeah, or something. Sundial of the Infinite, yeah. we'll talk about that at the end of this one. Um, okay, so the first part of this deck, and this is a deck, again, that we've had in the house for a couple of years now because of the playtesting and helping mm -hmm. out. This was one of the, the ones that um, I believe DJ from Jumbo Commander built the first version of it. We've tuned it up a little uh, here and there. Um, the first step you want is self-mill because 
around me needs to not only tap but mill stuff or but exile stuff from your graveyard. So self mill Milliken is a really good card in this deck. You normally want your self mill on creatures because again. Milliken. Oh, well, let's read Milliken. Yeah, Milliken is two mana artifact creature zero one. Tap it, mill a card, add colorless mana. So that's great because it's ramp, but also it's putting uh, fodder into your graveyard so that yeah. you can exile with Arami. But also, you could conceivably activate Arami targeting Milligan, make three Millicans, tap all three of them for oh, three mana. Mill three. Mill and then, three. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. just that's kind of what you do with them. And that's like, listen, it's not Moldrifter, but it's not the worst thing. And well, here's the thing. To do. You're milling the exact number of cards Arami needs at that point to yeah. activate. Again, maybe you're going to get a better hit this time as well. So and Arami I, doesn't cost mana, so if you do that, you kind of gain three mana for that turn, right? Yeah, it costs two to play the Milliken, three, but you get three copies, yeah. but you gain one mana. And at the very oh, yeah, least, you, you refill your graveyard, maybe you get something spicier in there for the next time you use Arami. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. You have to pay the mana cost of the <laughs> creature also to target it. Um, but you still gain the mana, so yeah. not bad. Uh, Jace's Archivist is a way to... It's basically windfall on a creature, right? So yep. Discarding your hand, everyone draws equal to the greatest number of cards discarded this way. Again, if you make three copies of that and do that three times, you really fill up your graveyard right. very fast. This is one of the best cards in the deck we found. Stitcher Supplier. What, you see this in a lot of dredge decks now. It's just black for a zombie, and it's a 1-1, one, one, and when it enters the battlefield or dies, you mill three cards. So one card to mill six. Really Nine. good. Right. Yeah, actually, it's uh, 18, because here's what happens. If you get it back with, yeah. Resume, no, because... Encore says sacrifice them at the beginning oh, of the next nice. end step. So Arami activates uh, and targets Stitcher Supplier. You pay one black. It comes out on the battlefield. There's three of them. You mill nine. Mill nine. And then you sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. Mill another it dies, nine. dies. You mill another nine. So, wow. Yeah, that's why it's one of the best cards in the deck. And Arami, just, again, only costs three mana. So it's not like it's hard to get this going. You can definitely get it going pretty quickly. And you really want Stitcher Supplier to be played on turn one so that yeah. Arami's already just ready to go, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, of course, we keep talking about this card. It's been an amazing card for us, and I think just in general, again, it's a two-mana sacrifice outlet. That by itself, like we said, you would play Ultra Dementia if it just said two-mana sacrifice creature. Yeah, it would, it would, <laughs> you could at least think about it, right? Yeah. But it, yeah, so Ultra Dementia, another card in this deck, and it's, it's one of those like Sir Conrad type cards where we just sort of talk about it every episode. Two-mana for an uh, artifact, sack a creature, and target player mills equal to the sacrifice creature's power. So, you, of course, you're milling yourself. And yeah. because you're going to sacrifice the Encore creatures anyway, you just sacrifice them to, to Alter, alter Dementia before, before they trigger. go away. Yep. And so now every creature you bring back basically fuels the next activation of Arami. And also, remember, when you're milling cards off the top of your library, you're milling stuff into your graveyard that are maybe better targets than what you currently have in there to yep. activate with Encore. So it's not... It's, it's you know, it's card advantage in a way too yeah you definitely want to just keep that train going because it you uh, thinking that you're going to mill your best stuff right the cards that we're about to talk about in your first few activations you want to yeah you want to you want to get there as fast as possible uh so yeah the next stuff is like okay well sure we've got all this stuff milled into our graveyard but the real exciting part about this deck is what are the cool things that i can encore out well, this one kind of won the last game night. Spoiler alert. It's Gray Merchant of Asphil or Gary. Mm. So it's three black, black. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life or X is your devotion to black. However, when you encore Gray Merchant out, you get three of them. That immediately, outside of Arumi, is six de uh, devotion to black. So each player loses six and you gain 18. Yeah, each player loses 18 and you gain 18 because each one will do six. Oh, that's right. right. And each it's, gray merchant it's actually seven because right, right, you'll right. have Arami yes, that's out. That's 21 damage with just Gray Merchant and Arami. Yeah, that's 21 life gain. That card's, it's ridiculous. When no, we, no, it's, it's 21. Yeah, that's yes. a lot. That's insane. Yeah. We found that Gray Merchant was like the game winner like very often in this deck. And if you right. see Gray Merchant ever hit their graveyard, you have to kill Arami or exile, get, the, gray exile the Gray Merchant because you will lose to it. 
Jeez. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, you also have Masker Worm, oh, which just is a house. And you don't see this card play too often, but it's three black, black, black. When there is the battlefield, creatures your opponent's control get minus two, minus two in the turn. And whenever a creature in the opponent controls dies, that player loses two life. Three Mask of Worms, minus six, minus six, six life per creature dead. Yeah, that's wow. another like that's another game I, winner. I definitely have died to that in uh, playing against this deck. For oh, sure. wow, this deck is just, this card is awful. How dare you put this in here? <laughs> so yeah, this is another card we talk about quite often. It's Agent of Treachery, five blue, blue for a two, three. But when it enters the battlefield, gain control of target permanent. Oof. Uh, and then at the beginning of your end step, if you control three or more permanents, you, uh, you don't own, you draw three cards. So here's how this goes. You get to draw. Yeah, oh, you get to draw man. nine cards, right? Because they're all three there. agents of treachery. Steal three things. End of your turn. Yes, you have Around to sacrifice goes them, on, but you order it. So agent of treachery. It doesn't matter actually. You yeah. just draw. Wow. So you draw great. nine cards as well as stealing three things. Typically, that, that last line of text doesn't even matter. No. But this deck works perfectly with Arami because of the number three. Yeah, as if Agent agent of Treachery wasn't good enough. Yeah, and then you've got Vindictive Lich, which when it dies, you choose one or more, and each mode must target a different player. So three of these on the battlefield for four mana now. Target the opponent, sacrifice the creature, discards two cards, or loses five life. So each of those you can point a different way and have do different things. So it's like you lose 15, you discard six, and you sacrifice three creatures if that's what you want to if do. you wanted to go yeah oh yeah. my gosh okay. yeah the important Disgusting. thing to note is that dies triggers do work with the rami because you will sacrifice them and yeah. you can also just attack with vindictive lich too because well if you block it dies too so yeah yeah totally so that's like 12 damage plus 15 damage plus six cards discarded plus three creatures sacrifice pretty nuts very scary uh and then of course you run panharmonicon to double up all of those triggers now Gary will do 42 now damage. Now Gary just, wins. Gary like, just actually Gary just kills you, you yeah. yeah. And then to make sure to keep some stuff around, you will play Sundial of the Infinite, which is a two-mana artifact. You can pay one and tap it to end the turn. You can only do the ability during your turn. As a result, all spells and abilities are exiled from the stack, so you just do this as soon as the dies triggers on Arami comes up, saying so you have to sacrifice the creatures, but like, nah, I'll end the turn. Yeah, we mentioned how Rami goes in the Obeka deck on the last episode because yeah. Obeka is Sundial of the Infinite on a creature. Have we ever talked about Sundial so much? I feel like Commander Legends is to Sundial what Zendikar Rising was to Crucible of Worlds. <laughs> yeah, and Scape Maybe Shift, not quite right? that amount, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot more interesting things about ending the turn now than there were before. I want to say the Arami deck is very, very cool, very strong, but not like CEDH insane and a really fun deck. So if Seems anybody's... like a lot of flexible play patterns as well, depending on how you build it. You exactly. don't have to run Gary. You don't have to do the, the hardcore win in the same turn. You could just put your favorite blue-black things in there. Yeah. And Gary's not... It's not like you go infinite with Gary, right? Everybody has to be in the 20s or below for that to really, really do its thing, which I think right. we're used to cards that can kind of win that. It's, and, and like I said, you usually can sort of see it coming and try to stop it. They mm -hmm. have to get it into their graveyard. So I really like around me, and it sits at a really nice power level. It's strong, but it doesn't feel oppressive. Yeah, does a lot of cool stuff. I feel the way same way about Hamza almost. They, yeah. they they seem like right. They're fun to build around. You can definitely do stuff with them, and it won't break the game. Yeah. Me, I'm going to put Peregrine Drake in my Arami deck, and then tap my land yep, 15, fifteen times. times. <laughs> <laughs> and then right. I'll play you know one of the game winners in black. <laughs> Any of those. Torment of Hailfires or whatever. All right, let's go on to the next one. All right, this is Nimrus, Una's Trickster. So this is our uh, our second blue-black card now, and this is the rare one. So this is a 1-6 for three, a blue and a black, five mana, Fairy Knight. It has Flash and Flying. Whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn, look at the top two cards of your library, put one of those cards into your hand and the other into your graveyard. So it's not a draw effect. You are looking at two cards, putting one into your hand, one into your graveyard whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn. 
Uh, one thing I want to say. This is a five mana, one six fairy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird stat, stat line. line. Like, yeah, super why weird. one six? I think so you can flash it in and block with it maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. It's just like, what a weird stat line. But anyway, I just want to say that first. The whole flash tribal thing or instance tribal thing, they've been playing with more and more. Like, yeah. encourage you to cast spells on other players' turn and reward you for that. So they're, in recent- like they're teaching people how to play at instant speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By cards that want you to play at instant speed. So... Yeah, they've, there's a lot of the cards for this deck and a lot of the payoff cards are newer cards, which I think is good. Um, there's like Wavebreak Camp, which is similar to Nimrus. It's two and a blue for a 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you cast your first spell during each bonus turn, you draw a card. Oh, cool. Yeah, there's Slither Wisp, again, similar. It's a 3-2 with Flash for uh, blue, black, black. Whenever you cast another spell that has Flash, you mm-hmm. draw a card and each opponent loses one life. Um, won't work, for instance, just for Flash, but still. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, here's an old card, Fairy Tauntings. It's a tribal enchantment fairy it's two and a black whenever you cast a spell during an opponent's turn you may have each opponent lose one life basically this deck is going to be made up of 90 percent of of cards that are instant or have flash yeah you're not going to put a lot of just regular creatures that don't have flash or probably any in the entire deck maybe one or two if they're payoff cards. instant speed flash cards yeah all that good stuff um there's brineborn cutthroat which is one in a blue for a two one pirate merfolk with flash Whenever you cast a spell during an opponent's turn, put a 1-1 counter on it. This can get very big very fast. Yeah. Uh, Naiad of the Hidden Coves, as long as it's not your turn, the spells you cast cost one less to cast, and it's two in the blue. Actually, that's that's really powerful there, yeah, too. Yeah, instant tribal ramp. I mean, it could be the difference between, oh, I only have enough man to cast one spell during this rotation versus two spells. Maybe yeah, one on yours, spells. one on yeah. the next player. Because that one mana difference makes a big deal over the long game. And it could save you two mana over two spells, right? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, then yeah. you're going to want to play a bunch of cheap instants, the brainstorms, the ops, the the uh, cantrip types, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you're just getting extra value. Brainstorm plus, look at the top two cards of your library, pick one, put one in the graveyard. And draw, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, that yeah. is really, really powerful. Oh, this um, card's really good because it'll trigger Nimrus twice. Yeah, Brazen Borrower, another standard staple. Again, I would wait for this to disappear out of standard before getting it. Um, it's one blue-blue for a fairy rogue, but it's got this interesting adventure side to it, so you can cast it from one of the blue for an instant, and you return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand, and then you can pay the casting cost of one blue-blue to flash in a flash flying 3-1 that can only block creatures with flying but that's two you can use this card twice basically yeah you basically draw the best card or your top two cards each time you do that yeah so this one card draws you two extra cards uh and gives you two triggers on nimrus basically yep dig through time is awesome because what's nimrus doing putting one card in the graveyard each time ah like you're surveilling basically yeah Yeah. any deck that likes these sort of mill payoffs for sure yeah so delve is really really good and it's instant speed so you cast another player's turn uh logic knot is another one it's an x spell that's a counter spell says uh, blue and x counter target spell unless it's controller pays x but it also has delve so you can use the cards in your graveyard to help you cast very nice and you're definitely playing that not on your turn (laughs) yep then there's things like snapcaster mage and uh, torrential gear hulk let you recast things oh these uh these counter spells that untap your land ah these are great yeah so rewind and unwind both counter things and then untap the amount of lands that it costs to tap them. So right. you just get the Nimrus trigger, counter something, and then you're ready to cast another instant on the next player's turn. Yep. Mystical Teachings is also a great card. It's an instant for three in the blue, but you can flash it back for five in the black. So you get to cast it twice as an instant and you can tutor for an instant or a card with flash, notably. So that's going to be your whole deck. So basically. now all of a sudden now blue has a creature tutor in a yep. lot of, yeah, which is really cool. So Mystical Teachings is actually secretly, I think one of the best cards in the deck. Yep. 
Uh, Portal Mage is one that we've seen on game nights that can do some really funny stuff. It's two and a blue for a 2-2 with Flash. When it enters the battlefield during the declare attacker step, you may reselect which player or planeswalker target attacking creature is attacking. Hmm. So you say, oh, I don't want that thing to attack me. It's now swinging at Jimmy. Uh, And also just a creature with Flash that's three mana because this deck is just going to hold its mana open, see what happens, respond, and then the end of the turn, nothing really bad happened. I might just flash in Portal Mage for the Nimrus trigger. Yeah, draw a card. Yep, exactly. Mill a little bit. Yep. Um, Dream Eater is also a card that has a similar text because it has Surveil on it. So Surveilling, in this case, this card surveils four. It's a 4-3 Flash Flyer. You look at the top four cards of your library, put any of them in your graveyard, and the rest on top of your library in any order. So Dream Eater comes in, you just get more value. So again, you're putting lots of cards in the graveyard if you want. And Dream Eater also bounces a permanent, Oh, that's right. right. So sorry, yeah. When it's a battlefield, you uh, bring a non-land permanent to an opponent controls to its hand. Yeah, skipping, and so, skipping the good part of the text. Because you're going to be holding your mana open and just weighing your options, this is, I think, a, a good spot for some of those larger counterspells. And by larger, I mean higher CMC counterspells that mm-hmm. we talk about quite often. Sublime Epiphany, Mystic Confluence, Spell Swindle. These are all good here because you. those are bad when you pass the turn and nothing... You only have that's your only option. Yeah, and, yeah. and so nothing that you really feel like spending that on really happens and you kind of got to waste on something bad. Well... This is in this case, you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll just do one of my other things because they're all instants. Mm-hmm. And then spell swindle. Oh, they cast a huge spell. Then, I, yes, I will spell, spell swindle that, which gives you treasure to then still have instants open on the other players' turns, right. too. So, yeah. It's, and it, then there's a new card, Opposition Agent, which oh, yeah. uh, oh, boy. a lot of hullabaloo about this one, but it flashes in and basically steals your opponent's tutors. But again, it's a spell you cast. It's in the colors. Has flash. And has flash. And I think, you know, this deck is literally Nimrus Una's trickster. So you're trying to do a lot of tricky things. It's going to be a pain in the butt to play against because they're going to have a certain amount of counter spells, yeah. removal things. So you're always going to be like, okay, what do they got and what are they going to be able to do to me? One ironic thing I thought while building this deck, <laughs> this is a deck where I do not think you run Leyline of anticipation or vidalkin orrery because you everything is just flash already everything should already be able to be cast at instant speed and when i say everything i mean like you know maybe you've got eight or not maybe no more than seven or eight cards that don't have flash or instant i think in the entire deck because you don't need it you know you need mana rocks everything else can be yeah Yeah. so this is how you play like josh lee kwai without playing vidalkin or i actually as i was like going through and putting together the list i was like this deck sounds fun. I might build this. Yeah, it does look really fun. <laughs> I think I'm still thinking about building a roomy right now just because I want to I want to encore some stuff out. All right, let's move on to the uh, final card in the three colors that has blue and black. It's the, it's the Esper Selection in Nevenral, Urborg Tyrant. This is another old character we've never yeah. seen, right? We've no, only seen no his disc. disc. Yeah. only seen his disc. Yeah, three white, blue, and black for a 3-6 legendary creature zombie wizard. Hexproof from Artifacts, Creatures, and Enchantments. Okay. When Nevenral enters the battlefield, create a tapped 2-2 black zombie creature token for each creature that died this turn. Hmm. And when Nevenral dies, you may pay one. If you do, destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. So Nevenral plus a sack outlet or just dying any other way. As long as you got one open. Becomes Nevenral's disc. Yeah. Really exciting. Is it? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is definitely a little different. Um, I like the fact that it makes zombies when it comes in, especially if you're sacking creatures to a Phyrexian altar yep. or whatever to cr- get the man to cast it. And you're going to want to play a lot of sack outlets in this deck. But I also think you're going to want to just take advantage of the fact that it's a dies trigger on Nev. Um, so cards like Supernatural Stamina and Abnormal Endurance and uh, oh, Gift of Immortality. Yeah. yeah. So these first two, 
uh, our instance, right. supernatural stamina and abnormal endurance. And they both pump the creature, but what they really do is they say, uh, they give a creature an ability until end of turn that says, when this creature dies, returns to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. So this is a way to get a bunch of zombies to get Navinro back on the battlefield the same turn that he blew up the disc, right? And not to mention the disc blows up all creatures and he creates zombies for each creature that died this turn. So if you have 10 creatures around the board, sack Nev, cast Abnormal Endurance on them, pay one, blow everything up, he comes back to the battlefield and maybe makes you 10 zombies. Yes, exactly. And you can do that at instant speed on your end step as long as your sack outlet is instant speed untap go to town yeah so that's a really powerful interaction uh gift of immortality i think is very 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 good with navinro because what happens is this is two and a white for an enchantment when enchanted creature dies return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control return gift of immortality to the battlefield attached to that creature at the beginning of the next end step. So this is a way to just continuously wipe the board because... Oh, and, you it, get, and it doesn't see the gift. Yeah. yeah. So you sack Navinral, trigger Navinral on the stack, gift of immortality is already in the graveyard and blow everything up and then gift of immortality brings Navinral back and then at the end step, gift of immortality goes back on Navinral and, and everyone's just like, crap. Yeah. Because now anything that. I play... He can just do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that seems really, really good. Pretty cool. And the big thing is that Nev will blow up your artifacts that are board wipes. Yep. So it's a little rough there. You're going to have to figure out other ways to get rid of him. Um, the, the trick there, too, is if you have instant speed removal, you have to kill Navinral in the interim. So it comes back, yeah. and then before Gift of Mortality returns to him on the end step, you get rid of Navinral at that point. And then gift from mortality tries to come back and says oh the creature's not there anymore i'll just stay in the graveyard yeah that's wow it's gonna be tough to battle around this once they get sort of that combo going feels like that old child of alara deck i used to have that would just yeah. blow everything oh, up gosh. constantly with marchesa yeah the, yeah exactly <laughs> um however there are a lot of ways to make your creatures indestructible there's eldrazi monument and that's great because it loves to token decks because uh, yep. you have to sacrifice stuff there's obviously avacyn angel of hope uh, Bastion Protector. So there's lots of different ways to give Nev indestructible. And all your zombies if you have some, things like that, so that... It's not Nev, right? Because Nev's going to die. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, Nev's going to die. You're going to activate the disc ability, but you, you'll you have other stuff. And so if you've got a way to pr- give all your creatures indestructible, that's a way that like everybody else loses their creatures, but you don't. But you don't, yeah. yeah. So Flawless Maneuver is the pay nothing for it. If you control your commander, it's two in the white for an instant. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn, which is cool. You can cast it, and then you can still sacrifice Nev yep. because that doesn't care about indestructibility, and then your creatures stay alive while everyone else's board blows up. And then one thing anybody who's played Nev's disc a lot knows is that it conspicuously was doesn't say certain permanent types on it because it was created before the planeswalker card type existed Mm -hmm. so it specifically nev's uh navinero says destroy all artifacts creatures and enchantments it does not destroy planeswalkers so this in super friends decks you will see a lot of navinero's disc it's one of the last places we still see that card because it's kind of a one-sided board wipe so uh planeswalkers are going to be good in this deck so elspeth sun's champion teferi time reveler Teferi, Master of Time, Ashiok, Ashiok Dream, Dream Render, Narset, Part of our Veils. May probably throw a Windfall in there because you're in blue. You might as well have everybody have yeah. no cards if you're this Kyle Hale likes to do that. There are tons <clears throat> of Planeswalkers you can use here. In fact, you could have Nevinero ostensibly be a Super Friends Commander yeah, as well. For sure. Or you just go full-on Zombie Tribal. Why not? It might be that might be the best version of Nirvanil as a Super Friends deck, and then the, you've got a package of the Supernatural Stamina, Gift of Immortality, and a few right. other things. And what you're saying is like, 
I'm going to destroy all creatures, artifacts, and enchantments every single turn, and my Planeswalkers are going to win me the game because they don't get touched by that stuff. Oh, nice. And we'll talk about these cards later, but there's a lot of cards that like creatures dying, so Pitiless Plunderer, Pawn of Ulamog, those types are great in this deck because you'll get more value out of them. You get mana or whatever when Nev does his big board wipe thing. Not necessarily a fun deck to play against, but a, no. a cool deck. I mean, it's, it's going to be strong, I think. Yeah, it's definitely strong, uh, and I think it, it's pretty balanced, I think, all things considered. There are a lot of interesting combos to be done, but you can also interact with it uh, pretty easily. And Nev costs six, so yeah. it's going to be difficult in those colors. There's no green. Colors, yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, this one has gotten a lot of talk online. It's Blim, Comedic Genius. Two, a black and a red for a legendary creature, Imp 4-3, flying. Whenever Blim deals combat damage to a player, that player gains control of target permanent you control. Then each player loses life and discards cards equal to the number of permanents they control but don't own. So a couple of things happen here. Blim has to deal combat damage to someone. You give them a gift. He is the Rakdos Christmas Imp. And then after all that, after you've given them a permanent, each player loses life and discards cards equal to the number of the permanents they control but don't own. So it doesn't necessarily tie to the cards you give with Blim. If you can find other ways for people to take cards that they don't control, even if someone, for instance, steals uh, Josh's creature on their side of the board and Blim deals combat damage, that counts because it doesn't care if it's given by Blim. So it's sort of like the uh, Rakdos, Zedru, the Great-Hearted. So you play all these crazy red cards that like scramble version crap that like make everybody exchange yeah. permanence right uh thieves auction is a really interesting one uh people hate this card but for I hate all these cards <laughs> for seven mana you exile all non-token permanents and then starting with you each player chooses one of the exile cards and puts it on the battlefield tapped under their control so if you just start taking everyone else's lands at a certain point they'll have to take your lands and that person might lose like five six life discard five six cards oh and never hits them which is pretty dumb and then you, uh, the main part about this deck is just giving people cards that they're not going to want to have. So Demonic Pact is an enchantment that has a bunch of options that you choose at the beginning of your upkeep, and they're all great. You're drawing cards, you're making people discard, you're dealing damage, except for the last one, which says you lose the game. So you give it away before you get to that part? Yeah, and then they lose the you game. Give it away, give it away, give it away now? Uh, there are certain ways to no, stop no, decks. Okay. I love the red chili peppers. <laughs> and you know what? It is a red hot blim, because he's go. on fire. That, that's the song we should have sang at the yeah, start. Yeah, that's true. Maybe if we ever do a deck tech around Blim. <laughs> um, and then you're gonna maybe want to give them creatures like Steel Golem or Grid Monitor, which says you can't cast creature spells. And if the person you is going off... basically give them off, poisoned apples or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If, the, if the player is going off and you need to stop them, you can give it to them and everyone will be like, all right, well, you can swing at me with that. I'm not going to block it. It's just three damage. And that person is like, crap, how do I get I rid of this? this I thing. don't have a sack out That's why you play Alter of Dimension, all your decks. Yes, exactly. Um, if you have a way of dealing damage to them directly, like pinging them, which uh, Black, Red, and Rakdos love to do, give them a Phyrexian Negator, which uh, when it's dealt damage, you sacrifice that many permanents. <laughs> And, oh, yeah, you're in red. That would be so brutal if you go, boom, here, have this Blasphemous Act. Blasphemous Act, yeah. Uh, uh, sack they lose. 13 yeah. What? <laughs> a lot of this depends on if they have sack outlets or not, because yeah. if they have a sack outlet, it kind of goes around it. But we well, can give them enchantments like Demonic Pact or this one. Yeah. Colfiner's Plans. Two black black for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, exile the top seven cards of your library face down. You may look at the cards exile with Colfiner's Plans and you play lands and cast spells from among those cards. Wow, you're drawing seven cards for four mana? However... 
This also says skip your draw step and you can't cast more than one spell each turn. <laughs> That's brutal to give to people. Yeah, so you could grab this. Let's say you're, you're, you find some land, you find the spell, you cast something with it, and then you just give this to someone else. They only get the part that says skip your draw step and you can't cast more than one spell each turn. <laughs> so this is basically all the black cards that couldn't go in Zedru. Yes. You get to play in this deck. That's pretty Which cool. is great because yeah. Blim, I think Zedru needs black to really have this this punch. Yeah. Uh, forbidding Crypt, three black black enchantment. If you would draw a card, return the card from your graveyard to your hand instead. If you can't, you lose the game. And if a card we put into your graveyard from anywhere, exile that card instead. Just give this to something like Bajuka Bog, oh, Forbidding Crypt. Here you go, Bajuka Bog. Oh, brutal. Bajuka Bog hit you, give you Forbidden Crypt, pass the turn, <laughs> I think you lose the game. Yeah. Brutal. Um, Unless you can cast something in instant speed and get something in there. Yeah. Same idea with Lich's Mastery. Uh, when you lose life for each one life, you exile a permanent control or a card from your hand or graveyard. And when it leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. So they can't even get rid of it. Now that now they have these weird things that they have to deal with. Um, null Profusion, four black black enchantment, escape your draw step. Whenever you play a card, draw a card, your maximum hand size is two. So Immortal Coil, uh, you exile some cards, and whenever there are no cards in your graveyard, you lose the game. So just you're giving them lots of cards like this. There are a bunch in black that do similar stuff. It feels like the there's plenty of stuff to give them, but I don't want to rely just on Blim to be giving them the stuff. So you want to make sure that you have like other ways to sort of donate cards to other players. Yeah, totally. Um, or or other cards that do that on their own. That's why Thieves Auction is so good. Mm-hmm. You might want like Strionic Resonator to get donate two things. Oh gosh, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and then there's some cards that can add. More more damage to blim like relic robber is a new one that when it deals combat damage they make a zero one goblin construct creature and i believe it's a permanent the control but don't own i believe i believe because they're creating it no when you create a token it used to be that when you create a token it was considered the owner of the 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 card that created the token but <sighs> now they've changed it so that if you create a token, the owner's considered the player that created it. Ah, okay. Well, at the very least, you can cast the Shiny Impetus then on them, which is an enchantment that you own, but you put it on something that they control. So then they control the permanent, but they don't own it. Uh, and Shiny Impetus is the thing that enchants a creature and it goads it. So it attacks any each combat and anyone but you. And then whenever it attacks, you create a treasure token. So it's a card that we were sort of down on from the commander products. But again, you're giving them a card that you control that they control, but they don't own. You actually own it. Same oh, with like gotcha. the Vow of Lightning. You just give them the impetus because you don't yeah, care. Yeah, that's what you would cast <laughs> yeah, on them anyway. Ma- yeah, 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 yeah. And same with Vow of Lightning and stuff. So that's just more ways to get that going with Blim, should you go that route. But this card, I think there's a lot of options here. Double strike. I just realized double strike is pretty good too because it's oh, combat, combat damage. damage so ah, if it hits twice. Trigger. Yeah, nice. exactly. Good old Blim. That's He's going to cool. cause some funny situations as he is a comedic genius, apparently. <laughs> I, it is kind of funny, I guess. Yeah. Dark comedy. It's very dark, yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is also Rakdos. This is the uncommon. It's Jury, Master of the Review. The rev- the review is the big like carnival uh, from the set that uh, yeah. the Rakdos set. It's it's the Rakdos it, This looks like exactly where Disco Rakdos is hanging out. Right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It looks the same. Let's play Disco Rakdos uh, on screen for the YouTube people. All right. All right, let's go back to showing jury. Okay. Right. It's black and red for a 1-1 legendary human shaman. Whenever you sacrifice a permanent, put a 1-1 counter on jury. And then when jury dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. 
Okay, so this isn't that impressive. Hard to like get it because it starts as a one one. Yeah. So if you, but it's it hard to get mana. it up. Yeah. yeah. I think you put this in the Corval deck, which is sacrificing things left and right. You put this in the Judith deck, which mm. is uh, sacrificing things left and right. And you put this in like the Garna deck, which is sacrificing things left and right. So you can get theme here. You can get Jerry really big and keep pumping him up. It sort of like becomes like a reusable uh, uh, or like a kind of a fun. So like removal spell fling kind of yeah if you have any you play all those cards in or you put it in the 99 of those mm-hmm. timorit as well as a very similar type of deck of card actually or, fling yeah. would be pretty good maybe if you can get jury big enough because yeah. it's going to deal the damage from the fling and the damage when jury dies because you sack it yeah and you know there's cards like lily on the standard bear which actually would work great with uh our old uh nevin yeah which is a new card two in the black for three one with flash when it enters the battlefield draw x cards were exiting the number of creatures that died under your control this turn same thing goes for Village Rights. It's a new card that you can pay one black as an instant to sack a creature and draw two cards. So just like good value. V- Village Rights is underrated. It's a very good card. Yeah, it's instant speed too. And we've seen, it, it, when you look at this card, you're like, oh, I've seen this before. But you look a little deeper and it's like, oh, that's actually it's really just good. Uh, more efficient than the other versions, yeah. If you're going the damage aristocrats route with Jury, either in the 99 or as the commander, you're playing Mayhem Devil. You are playing Fetchlands because those all count as sacrificing a permanent. Um, Spiteful Prankster is a new one from Jumpstart that does the same thing as Mayhem Devil. Devil, Falcon Wrath Nobles, Zulaport Cutthroat, Blood Artist. You Our, get the aristocrat stuff, the yeah, of idea, course. Yeah. And then Pitiless Plunderer. This card, by the way, as an uncommon, just keeps climbing up and up. So if you have cards from Rivals of Ixalan, wherever this is from, check it out. It's an uncommon. You might have a few. Yep. It creates artifact creature or artifact or tokens of treasures uh, every time a creature you control dies, so it doesn't care about tokens. Pond of Ulamog will create you more Eldrazi spawns to make mana. That's Anax. just aristocrat stuff to sacrifice things, yeah. you know, multiple times. Yeah, it, It's not that exciting, honestly. Uh, Anax hardened in the Forge, again, if you sacrifice stuff, congrats. Good I job. I mean, if you can sacrifice, you know, 20 permanents to this thing, well, you probably deserve to, to win the game. <laughs> based on that. Yeah, and even that doesn't exactly. immediately win or anything, so yeah. it seems imminently fair. But I think you also play like the font of return type decks in this card. It's one in the black. You pay some man to sacrifice the enchantment and you return up to three target creature cards uh-huh. from your to your hand. So you kind of want to do the Garnet eggs thing where you're just bringing stuff back all the time. Frexion Recollection, yada, yada. You know how it goes. Not too excited about Jury though. Yada, yada, yada. Well, I am excited about some of the commanders that are still coming up because oh, we have yeah. not talked yet about Simic. So if you want to stick around for some really cool stuff, just hang in, hang in tight there because we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Commander of Solo Legends Part 1. Two. Part 2 of 2. Part 2. Part 2. <laughs> Hot shots. Part 2. Uh, we've got eight more Commanders to talk about, uh, and this is the Solo Legends, of course. So we're going to be talking about Gruul, a little bit of Boros, and then a little bit of S- that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. We have two uh, Gruul commanders. The first is the rare. It's Hans Erikson, son of Eric. Relate, must be related to Safi, right? It Cause is, because Eric's daughter. is Eric's daughter, so yeah. they're probably siblings? Yep. And uh, in the, the text here says, nothing could rule in such a fine day, Safi. Oh, it looks well, like someone's go. fighting in the background, and he's like sniffing a rose. Uh, he's definitely a lovable brute. It's a really interesting card. Two, a red, and a green for a 1-4 legendary creature human scout. Whenever Hans Eriksson attacks, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it onto the battlefield, tapped an attacking defending player or a planeswalker they control. Otherwise, put your car- put that card into your hand. Mm. So it's a card draw yeah. in red and green on attacking. When you put a creature card on the battlefield this way, it fights Hans Eriksson. Hans Eriksson is a 1-4. So you don't want it to be big because it'll just kill him? Yeah, but you do want it to be big because that's the point. You want to cheat out some cool, huge things. This is Gruul Town. True. That's true. If it's a Blightsteel Colossus, you're like, whatever, Hans Eriksson died, but you also died. Yeah. So there's a few ways to go with this. The first thing is definitely just being very careful at the top of your deck because when Hans Eriksson attacks, you could just draw a card too, which is great. And one for an attacking oftentimes can get through, I think, especially in the early game. Yep. So since he's Divining Top, Sylvan Library, and Cream of the Crop, Actually, Cream of the Crop, I should have mentioned for our Amareth, the Lustrous deck to, or, uh, uh, review. Because it's one of the green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under control, you may look at the top X cards of your library, where X is that creature's power. If you do, put one of those cards on the top of your library and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Yeah. So that's really good with Amareth because yeah. you make create a permanent uh, that's a creature and then you almost guaranteed get another creature. And this uh, one lets you just set whatever Hans is going to bring out. Yeah, and let's say Hans brings out a huge creature, then you get a scry six, essentially, where you only keep one on oh, top. Oh, right, because it'll trigger when the creature comes out from Hans. Oh, from that's Hans, nice. Yeah. yeah, and then I think if you're going to actually play... Uh, oh, there's also, sorry, another card called Call of the Wild, which is two green green for an enchantment, and then same activated cost of two green green to reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it onto the battlefield. Right. Otherwise, put it into your graveyard. So this is actually doing the Hans thing without Hans there. Doesn't have to fight Hans either. That's yeah, nice. I think that's what this deck is trying to do ultimately, though, and that's why you're going to want Dark Steel Plate. Protect it, Hans. Protect Hans, yeah. Make Hans super buff so that no matter what comes out, they'll survive. Vigor, we talked about this earlier, prevents damage, and it'll make Hans bigger. That's nice. Yeah, so even if the Vigor goes away, now maybe Hans will actually survive. Oh, if you cheat Vigor in off of Hans... Yes, it's wonderful. Boom. And then Hans right gets there. six plus one plus one counters. And they're both tapped and attacking. And he becomes, uh, yeah, seven ten, and now most creatures won't kill him. So oh, Vigor is one of the... Yeah, and there's lots of tutors in green that put cards... Creature cards, you know, worldly you tutor, worldly bigger. Tutor. That's one of the. That's got to be one of the best targets early for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Druid's call is an enchantment. So once you get Hans to be magnificently buff and indestructible, one in the green. Whenever enchanted creatures dealt damage, its controller creates that many one one green squirrel creature tokens. If you want to go that route, <laughs> um, 
you would think fogs would be actually really interesting in this deck. Uh, however, the only fogs you want are the ones that oh. only prevent that prevent normal damage. So blinding they, fog was the only one I could find in these colors. Yeah, if they say prevents combat damage, it's not Hans is not getting hit by combat damage. Yeah, it's a fight spell by, basically. Fight, yeah, yeah. Um, then what do you put out? You got to bop them. So Atali Primal Storm, Ooh. obviously, it's one that's just you wonderful. Won't the you won't get the trigger the first time. The first time, yeah, yeah, but, but it still, matter. whatever. You got Atali out; it's great. This new dragon, Terror of the Peaks. Mm. Uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. So if you're cheating huge stuff out, Terror of the Peaks now just blasts someone in the face for eight or nine. I made this new list called Craig's List, which are cards that I think Craig would appreciate because he would always play these really old cards that I would it's never have seen you, before. Yeah, it's not where you go to buy used furniture. or something? No, definitely not. Okay, <laughs> or any do do anything sketchy really. Um, so Craig's List are Craig Blanchett favorites, and Craig, if I'm wrong, please let me know. First is Tongarth Taurum Hero. I actually thought you could make a really fun just legendary friends. Legendary friends with Hans, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a 4-4 Vigilance. It's one in a red to tap it, and it deals damage equal to its power to target creature, and then that creature deals its damage to Tongarth. So this is kind of doing similar to what Hans would do. And then there's Kumano, Master Yamabushi, who's three red red for a 4-4, and for one in a red, it can ping any target. And then if a creature dealt damage by Kumano would die, exile it instead. So it's all about like, ha, we're going to bring out cool legendary cards that fight each other. Craig introduced me to the Cauldra set of mm -hmm. equipment. So there's Helm of Cauldra, Sword of Cauldra, and Shield of Cauldra. Shield gives Indestructible. If you have all three out, congrats, you made Exodia. Um, Never happens. I've, no, I've tried yeah, it many yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually you play all of the swords in Hans Eriksson. That, Definitely Feast that and Famine. Black, that, yeah, that protect him from red and green. Because yeah. when that's equipped, then if you cheat that creature out, oh, you really won't get point. that damage by him. Uh, and if you want to keep going with the craziness, you're going to play Mirag because you're going to get more landfall triggers to get more combat steps. Yeah, Hans Eriksson uh, triggers when it attacks. Yeah. So as long as you've got it protected, extra combat steps are going to be great because you're going to get more triggers off, off Hans, basically. Yeah, and just keep throwing yeah. stuff out. And then you're going to play your extra attack steps with Seize the Day, Relentless Assault. Don't forget Strionic Resonator Strionic and Resonator Form Engine yep. as well will cheat out extra oh, that's uh, right. creatures. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Lethal Form, great card. Okay. Let's go to the next one, which is the uncommon Gruul Commander. It's Tuya Bearclaw. One, a red and a green. For we it. did it to you. We did it to you. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, okay. One, a red and a green. <laughs> I just won't say the joke. It's a 2-2 two -two legendary creature, human warrior. Whenever Tuya attacks, it gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Wait, X is going <clears> to <throat> give it to you. Look yeah. at this. It X has going to give it to you. X going to give it to you. Yep. <laughs> that was the joke I was going to make, but yeah, I, I held off. I've been waiting for a long time for X to give it to me, and I think Tuya Bearclaw is actually fulfilling that dream. Yeah, so when Tuya attacks, it gets the bonus based on the greatest power among creatures you control, but that other creature doesn't have to be tapped in attacking mm -hmm. or involved in that combat. So you want those creatures that have a high power but a low CMC. So Lupine Prototype is two mana for a 5-5. Five five. It just can't attack or do anything most of the time uh, because right. each player has to have no cards in hand, but that doesn't matter. It's still 5-5. Five five, gives Tuya plus 5, plus 5. Uh, there's Phyrexian Soul Gorger, which is a three mana 8-8, eight eight, but it has cumulative upkeep of Sacrifice a Creature, which is a downside, but to sneak in a ton of damage, you could play that as like a three mana give to you plus eight plus eight, yeah. and then you can just sack the soul Guardian to itself later. Then like a, just a really big creature, Malignus is a pretty cool one. Three red oh, red right. for a star star. Its power and toughness are each equal to half the highest life total among your opponents rounded up. Uh, it also says damage that would be dealt to Malignus can't be prevented, but like giving to you 20 power often. Yeah. Uh, and then this is a really cool one. 
Pathbreaker Ibex, when it attacks, creatures in control gain trample, really important for Tuya, and get plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is the greatest power among creatures in control. So it's double the effect of Tuya here. Yeah, basically, like, you'd, you'd go to combat, you'd attack, Pathbreaker Ibex is a 3-3, three, three, so it would give Tuya 3 power, and then Pathbreaker Ibex would say, okay, we well, have a 5-5, five, five, everything gets plus 5, plus 5, right? Yeah, actually, Pathbreaker is a 6-6 six, six at that point. Oh, right. So then Tuya sees Pathbreaker and gets, gets plus 6, six so plus it gets six, plus yeah. 9 total, yeah. So know? it doubles it. And that's only if Pathbreaker is your biggest creature. If there's yeah. something else, then it would be bigger. And Red Green loves huge creatures because you play Xenagos in this deck, which makes things plus X plus X when it attacks. So it makes things massive. Um, and then you just you just go nuts. This is a Red Green bop them in the face deck, right? Yeah, I think you want extra punch. So Rhythm of War seems really good. It's a way to give plus one, plus one counters to creatures when they come in or haste. You rhythm know, one, of the Wild, yeah. Or Rhythm of the Wild, sorry. Uh, one Rhythm of War is the new Brandon Sanderson novel. That's why I got next <laughs> up. Um, one thing I think that could happen is like two years out, but nothing else is out. And so they look at it and they go, well, you know, what can you play that's really, really that bad? And then you go, boom, something with haste, attack with both things too. You get huge. Right. The rhythm of the wild, you know, really helps you and, and helps you not get countered, obviously. Yeah. Or if the creature's, you know, you would rather have the 1-1 one, one counter to give it to you a little more punch, you can do it that way. Cast a wolf run. Gosh, uh, this card just, yeah, yeah. So much damage out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, you you pump another creature probably because that will also pump Oh, uh, right, and they both can attack ideally yeah. that turn. Team or battle rage gives the double strike uh, and the trample. Then... Two is going to be really large for that turn that you go off like Phyrexian Soul Gorger, Teamer Battle Rage, hit somebody for a million, and then it's like, I have this huge Tuya sitting here. What else can I do? Maybe you can fling Tuya. Mm. Uh, maybe you can Chandra's Ignition with Tuya. Right. And and just really take advantage of, because you're, you're, it's probably unlikely that in any game you're really going to make Tuya over 20 power multiple times. Yeah. Chandra's Ignition, boom, and just like have one of those really explosive turns that maybe wins the game or puts you in a position where everybody's so hurt after that that you can finish it out. This deck really is just like, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every, like, how is Tuya going to get in there and just wreck you? Uh, also, when Tuya is massive, you cast Return of the Wild Speaker. Yep. Where you draw cards equal to the greatest power among non human. Oh, no. Tuya's a human. Oh, no. She's riding a bear, though. Mm. Where is the bear claw? Still, you have Frexian Soul Gorgers yeah, yeah, and yeah, big yeah. creatures in there, <laughs> You're right? You're still going to play Return of the Wild Speaker. Yeah. It's one of the best green card draw spells because it's an instant. It also does pump uh, your, oh, right. your non human creatures, too. And a lot of the things you're playing are non human. So I still think it's good. Yeah. At the very worst, it's five mana plus three plus three for Tuya to get plus three plus three on top of the highest power or whatever the creature is you control. Yeah, Rich Card's Expertise draws uh, cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control, then cast something for free. Yeah, that's huge. Which is great. You could even do that before combat, right? You could draw a bunch of cards or like three or four and then pay a big thing that gives to you a bigger buff. Yep. Uh, Traverse the Outlands. Search your library for up to X basic land cards where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. So post-combat, two is still around, hopefully. Something like an 8-8 or a 10-10. I'll go get 10 lands for four mana. I can see a play pattern where it's like swing at you with Tuya and no one blocks. Like take eight. They're like, fine, whatever. Traverse the Outlands, eight basic lands. Oh, your next turn's going to be nuts. Yeah, exactly. Um, Very scary. And then similar to... uh, Hans, you want extra turn spells, right? Because Tuya will stack up her triggers over multiple combats. So yeah, yeah. Uh, she attacks, gets plus X, plus X. Then you get an extra combat step with aggravated assault or uh, mm. combat celebrant's a good one because it has power, so it will aid Tuya in getting bigger. Morog's really good here too because yeah. it gives plus one, plus one on each of the and attacks. It's a six, six, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's huge. So then you'd say, okay, and then I untap and I attack, and Tuya's an eight, eight, gets six more power from Morog because right. it just triggers again. Yeah, oh, sorry, Morag is plus one, plus O, sorry. But yeah, it gets massive. Power is what matters here. Yeah. So, yeah, extra combat steps, I mean, when they're good, they're good. 
Yep, and obviously, if you have a deck that Tuya is good in, if you have like a Xanagos beat them down deck, Tuya just seems like a really efficient 2-2 that comes in that could be massive when it finally doesn't end up attacking, so. All right. Red Green sort of sticking to the, the plan here. Yeah. Cheats and creatures out, beats. attack big time. Well, and we're going to see that continue with Boros, who's going to kind of stick to the plans we've seen before type of thing. Even so, with three different Boros commanders. Unfortunately, yeah, there's. it's too bad in the, the set made for commander that Boros still just can't seem to break out of its mold here of what it normally does. Um, so... The first one is Wyleth, Soul of Steel, and this is the first commander we're going to talk about here that's actually f- not from the main set. This is from the Precon, yep. the commander product. And I want to make a disclaimer at the start. We don't actually know the full deck list for the commander Precons. We've seen the new cards, but not what reprints are in there. So mm-hmm. we may mention some cards that actually come in the Precon. I'm not sure. Um, so Wyleth, Soul of Steel, one, a red, and a white for a 2-2. Legendary creature, Human Warrior, has Trample. When Wyleth attacks, draw a card for each aura and equipment attached to it. Okay. So very similar to what Akiri does, the new one yep. that Josh has, but this is just on Wyleth. It draws as many cards as things are attached to it. So you're going to play your normal stuff, which is Sigarda's Aid, or equipment spells have Flash, and they can uh, you can equipment auto-attach. Same with Pure Steel Paladin, which lets you skip a skip and a draw cards if you have Metalcraft. SRAM Cedar Anificer, which will draw on auras or equipments or vehicles. Then you want to play like little easy to equip uh, equipment, right? Because the, the goal is to get Wyleth out and swing while it's carrying a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. you don't want like singular big equipment. You want a lot of little equipment. So you'll draw more cards. Shuko, Bone Saw, Bone Splitter. Yeah. Those are cheap and can be thrown on a Wyleth a lot. And you, you, you reduce know, your risk a little bit, too, if you don't pay 10 to equip something or 5 or whatever, and someone yeah. blows you out. Auras uh, work, too. That's the thing that makes this, quote-unquote, a little bit more unique, I guess. It's not only equipment. So yeah. Griff's Boon, Sentinel's Eyes. Uh, there's one called Chomano's Blessing. You want to read that one? Yeah, I like this one. White, white for an aura. Flash, enchant creature. And as it enters the battlefield, choose a color, and enchant creature has protection from the chosen color, and the effect doesn't remove Chomano's Blessing. So you can choose white. So someone passes it you can flash it and protect it and it gives wyleth another thing to draw a card off of a little dangerous because if you have like sentinel's eyes and they go to path it right it will make sentinel's eyes eyes fall off off, but it's still like you still do it because you'd rather that than wyleth dies right yep and then again once again third time in a row extra combat steps draw more cards um and uh, in the 99 throw this in your akiris throw this in any equipment based deck Welcome to Boros. I guess this is what Boros is these days. Relentless Assault, yada, yada. Attack forever. Yeah, you can do the Loyal Apprentice and um, Breath of Fury combo. Right. Uh, that gives infinite attack steps, and that's going to win you the game most of the time. It actually might be dangerous with dangerous with Wyleth because you might draw yourself out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just an equipment deck. It's not that different than the Akiri deck that I built earlier. In fact, I think Akiri is a little bit more interesting because uh, it wants you to go a little bit wider with your equipment where this is like put all things on one thing. Um, yeah, and again, Wyleth is just good in that deck, yeah. right? You don't necessarily have to run them as commander, but if you wanted to, let us know. All right. Okay, next up. This is actually interesting. It's Bell Borka, Spectral Sergeant. This is the one of the three Boros ones that's yes, this a is li- the, doing a little bit something different. Yeah, because the next one we talk about, it's going to sound like we just talked about Wyleth again. <laughs> <laughs> Bell Borka, Spectral Sergeant, two a red and a white for a star five. It's a legendary creature, Spirit Soldier. And it says, note the converted mana cost of each card as it's put into exile. So not just your cards, your opponent's cards. Anytime someone does something to exile a card, note the CMC of it. Belborka's power is equal to the greatest number noted for it this turn. So when it goes to someone else's turn, it goes to zero. 
At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. So this is how it works, right? You play Belborka, you exile a card at the beginning of your upkeep. Aha, it's a CMC 6. Belborka is now a 6-5. But until, th- and then if you play that card, it won't be exiled anymore. And Belborka yeah, exactly. Be, yeah. Well, no, 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 it, it is, right? It's always going to be that power equal to the greatest number noted for it. So you can play the card, you can get rid of oh, it. Oh, but it only lasts for this yeah. turn. If you exile 20 cards, you find the greatest CMC, and that's what Belborka's power becomes. Does this count even if you exile like a card with like Path to Exile? Yes. Okay. So it's any, note the Converted Man cost of each card as it's put into exile. Um, so this card's actually really interesting because by itself, right, two a red and a white for Outpost Siege, which is at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. This goes in every single Boros deck, potentially, I yeah. think, like because yeah. they just need the card advantage. It's true. Um, and it could be a, a bigger creature to attack. So Is but, it play the card or cast the card? Uh, what? Oh, you may play the card. Oh, so you so can play, you play Lance. Lance. Yeah, 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 it's actually slightly better. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think that. So I think this deck plays Pull from Eternity, which is a white instant to return a card that's from exile into its owner's graveyard if you need to sort of rebuy stuff. But the cool thing is you can play a card like Greater Gargadon because mm. you suspend it for a red, and, and when you suspend exile. it, it's an exile. It's a 10 CMC card, so Bellborka becomes a 10-5. The card's with two modes on it, like Boom or Bust. Split you cards. Split cards, you add the CMC up. Uh, which is actually good for Belborka. So if you're able to exile like a boomer bust, that is a uh, eight CMC card there. Oh. Stolen strategy, Josh's favorite. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of each opponent's library, and then you can cast those spells this turn. You can spend mana on the color. However, Belborka will look at all the cards that get exiled and find the highest CMC and attach it to herself. Yeah, that's really cool how it cares about... It doesn't care what exiled the cards. It just cares about, like, what cards were exiled this turn. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Atali, um, same thing very similar. Atali, um, I didn't realize is, it allowed you... If you cast it, it still remembered the number. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it is the greatest number for it equal... Noted for it this turn. This one's really janky, but I think it's pretty funny. What the heck? Phyrexian Portal. <laughs> three mana for an artifact. You can pay three, colon. If your library has ten or more cards in it, target opponent looks at the top ten... 10 cards of your library and separates them into two face down piles exile one of those piles search the other pile for a card put it into your hand and then shuffle the rest of that pile into your library so you get one card at random out of you your choose top the card 10. right it's oh, i guess so it's sort of half random right yeah yeah they get to they get to kind of separate into two piles and so you get one card out of five and then they exile the other pile but uh, if that other pile has five stuff, cards because you might not want to give them like the really powerful card in the the other five and but you are kind Super of choosing them at random so it's a little janky but i think if you wanted to have fun with it you could do stuff in that world that's cool skyship weatherlight does the same thing where you exile cards from your library and you can search for any artifact or creature cards so draco is a really good one here four mana gets you know thir- 16 i think is how much draco costs and that bell becomes a 16-5 and if you do happen to draw the cards into your hand you can play cards like blazing shoal which is x red red for an instant you may exile a red card with cmc x from your hand rather than pay this spell's mana cost and you give a creature plus x plus o until oh, wow. end of turn. so this so, could just be an instant kill with bell yeah you basically whatever x is you double it yep and put that on Bell's power. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, Fury of the Horde is five red red. You exile two red cards from your hand to get another attack step. So that again, right, you can just exile a big uh, red card from your hand. Azor's Gateway. Pretty good in a hmm. Boros deck already because you are tapping it to e- draw and exile a card from your hand. And you, you're probably never going to transform it, but that's just another way to get that exile clause going. That's cool. And then the combo is Hoarding Dragon. When there's the battlefield, you search your library for an artifact, you exile it, and then you shuffle your library. And then when Hoarding Dragon dies, you put the exile card into its owner's hand. So then you go just go find Draco. So five mana, get a 16 car- mana CMC card that gets exiled. 
billboard becomes Kill somebody. huge. Just yeah. yeah, just I don't know, just do so stuff. Uh, oh yeah, and there's Reverend Mantra, which is a similar exile card from your hand, but this one's the white version of it. And creatures gain protection of the chosen color that you choose until end of turn. So that's another way to get damage in. And to protect Bellworker when they go to remove yeah. it. Yeah. So you're gonna want to play. It's a weird deck. Um, and if you could play Gleamax, you would, which is a <laughs> card that a has a million CMC <laughs> legendary million. artifact, but it's from Unhinged. So we'll move along. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm more excited about that than I thought I would be. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting ways to go about it. I think, again, it's Boros. It's not going to be super competitive, but it will be really fun. If it's you got card advantage cool tied to a commander like the, yeah. like that's not predicated on attacking. Like Nothing on this card says you have to attack to get that card advantage. Yes, and just having this in a Boros deck is totally fine. Yeah. You're, get, you're putting an outpost siege in your deck that you can play lands off of instead. That will well, occasionally well. just do some some stuff like be huge. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, totally. So I think Belborka like is actually a good design for Boros. It by itself does not necessitate like a, you must be playing equipment to play this deck. Okay, this next one. Do we even have to say any cards for it or can we just say all the same cards for Wylet? We can almost say all the same cards. There's only one card I think. Actually, no, we'll, we'll just talk about the commanders that this could go into. How about that? Okay, so this is Rayav, Master Smith. A red and a white for a 2-2 legendary dwarf artificer. Whenever a creature you control that's enchanted or equipped attacks, that creature gains double strike until end of turn. So all right. very similar to Wylet. I guess maybe you don't put uh, no it seems almost the exact same. it's almost the exact same yeah, this okay. is the uncommon one so it's not supposed to be as flashy i'm just gonna read off the commanders that you can play it in or in the 99 or as commander so akiri fearless voyager the josh built that deck akiri line slinger it's a partner commander there's gonna be a lot of new partners in the set so take a look at those old partners tiana ships caretaker could be the commander or in the deck Aurelia the War Leader, all about tacky tacky, double mm-hmm. attack steps. Uh, and then Sir Gwyn, Hero of Ashvale, you put Rayov in there because whenever equipped control control attacks, you draw a card and you lose a life. And then it'll have double strike too. So yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Good job, Rayov. You are normal. <laughs> good job. You're normal. Yay. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, let's talk about the next one, which is all this uh, is the pre- the precon commander from the second Commander Legends Commander precon deck. Yep. Again, we do not know the contents of the deck, so apologies if we talk about cards that are reprinted in that deck. We only know know about the new cards. All right. It's AC Tyrant of Geyer Strait. Four green blue Simic. So hold on to something, everybody. It's a five five legendary serpent. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Mm-hmm. Always good. We know that. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. Okay. So Tatiova plus Azusa. Yeah, but it's you Tatizuza. get... Uh, yeah, half Azusa. Tatiova plus Stride of the Elysian Grove. Plus, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, is it crazy to say that there are almost too many cards in green that say you may play an extra yes. land for turn now? No, no, it's not crazy. Oh, I think we talked about this recently where like... <laughs> we don't need any more of those cards. There's already plenty. And so now you're, I think, honestly like probably cutting some yeah like are you playing i don't know you're pushing it a little bit um ac people are talking right is this better or worse than tatiova notably ac is a may draw uh where tatiova you have to do it but tatiova you also gain life so that works in a lot of strategies where you're playing etherflex reservoir right. and that sort of stuff tatiova doesn't give you the extra land drop yes but at that point at six mana in green you and probably do you don't, need yeah. it right so that's sort of where this card sits it's an interesting balance i think this is really good in animar because you could potentially cast it for green and blue and sure. then you play extra land and you draw more cards um, I think if you play this as a deck, you play it with like 45 to 50 lands. Yep. You play Summer Bloom and you play 
all sorts of cards that like you drop tons of lands in and just ramp like crazy. It's just one of these lands matter decks. Uh, you know, what did I say? Something like 40% of players have a lands matter deck according yeah. to that poll I did. And this is just another one. Yeah, it fits uh, in. I don't think this is the most splashy commander, but I could see right in a pre-con that's meant more for yeah, neutral exactly. players. It's a totally fine card. Yeah, it's going to be powerful. Like, there's, yeah. it's very difficult to build that deck where it's not like pretty good, right? I mean, sad that this card single-handedly is more powerful than Wyleth and Rayav combined, yeah. which are two and Belborka, honestly. Uh, yeah, so it, uh, like Belborka might push it over the edge, but three cards to one Simic card is like, come on, that's just Simic for you, though. That's Simic. Speaking of Simic, we're still we're still there. We got two more Simic cards to talk about. This one's pretty cool, though. Yeah, this one is cool. It's Gore Moldrock, Amphenologist. 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 Uh, yep. It's a one, a green, and a blue. Three mana for a three, two. Legendary human scout. You and permanents you control have protection from salamanders. Ooh. Not how you thought that sentence was going to end. <laughs> yeah. A color? <laughs> Fill in the blank. Mad libs. Salamanders. Ha, you're joking. Wait a second. <laughs> At the beginning of your end step, each player who controls the fewest creatures creates a four, three blue salamander warrior creature token. Okay, so Gore Moldrak is giving other people salamanders if they don't have as many creatures, and you have full protection from them, so they right. can never actually swing at you. And if you have the fewest creatures, you'll get a salamander also. Yeah. But yes, if people have, whoever's got the fewest, you can be tied, right? If, if mm-hmm. I have one, obviously, because I have Gore Moldrak, and two other players have one, then three of us will create a 4-3 salamander. But those salamanders, you have, you and permanents you control have protection from them. Yeah, so planeswalkers too. Mm-hmm. You can't get hit by a salamander. Pretty funny. I think the, the thing that you're sort of most commonly going to be able to do with this is the f- is take advantage of the first line, which mm-hmm. is you and permits you control have protection from salamanders. A little bit you can play around with like who gets the tokens and whatnot, but a lot of that's out of your control based on like how many creatures they're playing or yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So there's a whole bunch of cards, as it turns out, that will allow you to change the creature type on other creatures out there, which means that you can be like, that thing you've got, that's a salamander, so I'm not scared of it. <laughs> so Light Seal Colossus, salamander. Yeah, that's a salamander. So let's walk through some of these cards that do stuff like this. Unnatural Selection, one in the blue for an enchantment. You can pay one to choose a creature type other than wall. <laughs> Target creature becomes that type until end of turn. So salamander, viable yep. option. Uh, Pure Pressure, three in a blue for a sorcery. Choose a creature type. If you control more creatures of that type than each other player, you gain control of all creatures Whoa. of that type. This is a way to maybe steal a bunch of, you know, a few of the salamanders. Pure Pressure and a natural selection. Yes. You, you go, could boom. steal a ton of stuff. Oh, Gormoldrox a salamander. One of my other creatures is a salamander. I've got three. You all have only one or two. I steal them all. Yeah, and this effect lasts indefinitely, so you perma-steal them. Yep. Uh, standardized, blue, blue, instant. Choose a creature type other than wall. Each creature becomes that type until end of turn. Hold on. Standardized plus Pure Pressure is steal, steal the entire the board. Yep. Party. Party. <laughs> uh, Amiiboid Changeling is one in blue for a 1-1 shapeshifter. Uh... It's all creature types because it's a changeling. You can tap it and target creature gains all creature types until end of turn. That will include Salamander. Very nice. And then you can also tap it and target creature loses all creature types until end of turn. You probably don't want to do that one, but <laughs> yeah, anything scary, you're like, that's a Salamander. Yeah, and the art on Amiibo changeling is just very meme-worthy. <laughs> uh, image Crafter, it's a creature for 1-1 one, one for a blue. You can tap to choose a creature type other than wall. Target creature becomes that type until end of turn. Misform Mutants, same idea. It's four blue-blue for a mutant, but you play one in the blue and just turn creatures into creature types. Then I think Coat of Arms is like really good in this deck because if ah. there's a bunch of salamanders and you can kind of control the number of salamanders by turning things into salamanders. Right. And you've got protection from salamanders, then you're like... Coat you can of make their salamanders huge yeah. to attack other people. Yeah, so Coat of Arms is five mana for an artifact. Each creature gets plus one, plus one for each other creature on the battlefield that shares at least one creature type with it. Um, so if... 
you know, there's three salamanders. They all get plus three, plus three. Standardize. Make them all but, salamanders. Yeah, but you've got protection <laughs> from it. And also you can change other things into salamanders to pump creatures when necessary right. when they're swinging at people. Pretty interesting. Yeah. I think Code of Arms plus Standardize makes everything salamanders and then boom, just go nuts. So yeah. Gore Moldrock, interesting card. Uh, I would love to see some people build around this. this. Again, I like the area that this is in, right? This is like a good, interesting build around area, I think, for commanders. They haven't had full on hits out of the park for all of the cards in this set, but I think a lot of the commanders of cool. we've talked about has has piqued my interest in a lot of ways that standard sets have not. One more thing I want to say about Gold Maldrak, because I don't think that's enough of a plan, right? Yeah. The Salamanders thing. I think the second part of that plan could be maybe like Planeswalkers, uh, because remember, your permanents have protection from mm-hmm. Salamanders also. So the way that we usually get rid of Planeswalkers in Commander is team up and attack them. Right. But if you can, you know, have Gore Maldrak out and you can say, uh, what are you attacking? Uh, you're attacking my Teferi? Okay, well, I'm going to turn that thing into a Salamander. And it makes it a lot harder to remove your Planeswalker. So this is kind of, could be Planeswalker protection. Okay, uh, cool. Salamander protection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not protecting the Salamanders. You're protecting things from the Salamanders. Right, right, right. Yeah. But they all kind of bounce off so everyone survives, right? If they try and attack you. No, it doesn't matter. You just don't take any damage. You don't even have to block. Perfect. <laughs> all right, our last card is Emoti, Celebrant of Bounty. Three, a green and a blue. Kind of doing a Prophet Krufix thing in here. Mm-hmm. It's a 3-1 legendary creature, Naga Druid, with Cascade. So when you cast a spell, you exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less, and you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Spells you cast with converted mana cost six or greater have Cascade. Ooh, this is interesting. Yeah, see, it's a tough type of deck to build because you want to cast high CMC spells, right? right. But if you're deck is chock full of six plus CMC spells, it's just going to not do anything a lot of times in the early game. So I think what you want to do is find a bunch of spells whose CMC is higher than what you actually pay for it. Oh, okay. So Allosaurus Rider, which is typically a five green green card, but you can exile two green cards rather than pay its mana cost. And then it's power and toughness equal to one plus number of lands you control. So for two green, boom, exile, cast a seven drop. Cascade. Cascade. Probably to a six drop, right? Hopefully, I mean... It's you can also build your deck so that when you cast a Modi because it's a five drop, it casts a guaranteed spell that's four and down, but I don't... Probably don't want to do that because then you that. can't have any threes or twos in your deck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Commandeer is similar. It's an instant for five blue, blue, but you can exile two blue cards from your hand uh, rather than pay its mana cost. Okay, cool. It gains control of a creature or permanent? A Con non-creature creature spell. spell. Yeah, so yeah. you could... You, you choose could, new targets for the spell. You could get like someone casting a dig through time even. Yeah, you hijack a spell, you cascade, seems yeah. good. Uh, and then there are all the traps. So Cobra Trap and Summoning Trap are they get they are six mana, but they allow you to cast them for cheaper. cast them for cheaper if something happens, like a permanent you control non creature was destroyed. You can cast it. You get a bunch of snake tokens for the first one, and then for Summoning Trap, you get to look at the top seven cards of your library and cheat one out onto the battlefield if a creature was countered by a spell or ability an opponent controlled. That one's meta dependent, but it's a way to cast a, a high CMC spell for yeah. cheap, and it's instant too. Yep. Then there's um mechanics that do this so undaunted is a mechanic that the spell costs one less to cast for each opponent Uh, but the cmc remains the same yeah so coastal breach is seven mana but if you have three opponents it would only be four mana and that returns all non-land permanents to their owner's hand and then there's delve cards uh which treasure cruise dig through time uh logic knot temporal trespass these are high cmc spells but you can exile cards from your graveyard to part to pay for part of the mana cost so again it costs eight but you only pay two uh, and then it triggers Cascade when you do it. Yep. Miracle also is a way to cast a spell for a slightly lesser cost. A lot lesser, usually. Yeah, so like there's cards like Revenge of the Hunted, Temporal Mastery. Their CMC is much higher than their Miracle cost. Yep. And then, you know, 
high CMC extra turn cards are going to be really good because you get the extra value of cascading. Ah, and a turn. Yeah, and extra turn cards obviously always good and not something everybody wants to play, but they're going to be powerful because you're like, cast Nexus of Fate. Cascade into something. Now untap. And use that thing. Yeah, and a lot of times Nexus of Fate, not that great if you've only got seven mana. Yeah, a lot of people just play it, draw a card. Draw a card and and get an extra land drop, right? That's really what you get out of it. But in this case, you get a cascade trigger, so that's like... Makes them pretty good. So cool. Nexus of Fate, pa- Part the Water Veil, Expropriate, Time Stretch. You want the ones, obviously, they're 6 CMC or more. Because then you're going to cast another 6 CMC spell. Right. And, you know, Cascade again and really get that value train going. Cool. So, Does uh, sound like a value train. Yeah, it's Simic again, so it's going to be good. It's going to be strong. You don't have to do the extra turns thing if that's not what your play group's into. Yeah, and you can just play this and, again, a spell, that a deck like uh, Animar, again, has a lot of 6 CMC spells or higher. And so you can just pay this for blue and a green, and then boom, cascade all over the place. All right, that's going to do it. That's all 16 uh, of the commanders we had remaining. So we've covered all 32 of the solo commanders. Next up, we're going to be talking about the partner commanders, probably in uh, a two-part series. We're probably going to split that in half because yeah, there's, there's way 40 too many. or something. So uh, to the listeners, what do you think of our first, or sorry, our second batch of solo commander legends? Um, is there any interactions, combos, synergies that you think uh, we missed? The perfect commander to put one of these in? Let us yeah. know. Obviously, we can't talk about everything, and we don't come up with everything, so we might have missed something. Please, please put it in the comments so that uh, other people can f- can see what other people are, have come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you come up with those things and see those awesome suggestions that are better than ours, well, why don't you take our suggestion to go to cardgame.com slash command zone and purchase those cards. Get the cards you need to make the decks right now. Commander Legends is right on the horizon or it's already out, depending on when you're watching this. It's on the horizon. Yeah, you're going to want to buy the booster packs if you want to draft it. And there will be a time when it's safe to draft within the stores. And I guarantee you that Josh and I will be there with packs in hand. I mean, I it could be far enough off that Commander Legends is in the past, but I hope it's not. Yeah, and you know what? We still have talk about occasionally trying to get a conspiracy draft and stuff together, but yeah. Commander Legends feels like a draft format that we could be playing for a long time we're definitely going to keep a few booster boxes in the corner for when it's safe to draft after the pandemic is over and yeah. i don't care when that is that could be 2022 we're still we're going to do it hey, of course yeah and you might you know maybe you want to build a cube and if you want to do all that stuff car kingdom has you covered car slash command zone they've got great customer service they also have an amazing buyback program so if you're looking to trade in some old cards for some of these new staples do it they're amazing and they work really quickly and efficiently look into around me that that's a cool deck i would think about yeah. building that one if you're not sure uh and then once you get all the cards you want to protect them you want to make sure that they're in uh safe and secure in a nice ultra pro eclipse sleeve you want to play them onto an ultra pro playmat. you want to make sure that your entire deck is safe into an ultra pro maybe satin tower deck box or maybe one of their new cool classy looking mythic collection deck boxes Ooh. yeah i really like those i'm I like they'll those send too. us some more because we uh, we give all that stuff away, so I don't actually have <laughs> one right now. But uh, or and big maybe- thanks, Social, for having that forward thinking. Right, they've been with us for a few years now, and they've given away. You know, I looked at our list. We've done what? How many game nights? Uh, forty. I think the next one's the fortieth one, and they've been giving away stuff on on that it's since like, like fifth or sixth episode. Yeah, so that's thirty-five times five. They've given. We've sent over oh, hundred and fifty packages for t- just Ultra Pro out to our, our listeners. It's, so it's tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna skip the end step today because this is a bonus episode. We got a lot of content coming at you, and we don't have enough cool things in our life to talk about on end steps for all of them. Correct. But we can talk about some cool people. Yeah. Our editing, graphics, <laughs> and logistics team, Ashlyn Rose, Kate, 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 Kate Blanchett, Blanchett. <laughs> Craig Blanchett, 
Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Justin Massith. He's uh, new here and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure was working on this episode. Jake Boss, Josh Murphy, Alfred Estaca, Patrick Non, and Sam Waldo. Thanks for all their help. And of course, big thanks Jeffrey Palmer. As always, Living Card Animations that often live behind us on set and begin our show at youtube.com slash command zone podcast. Find Jeffrey, send him some love at Living Cards MTG. Maybe he's done some Commander Legends animations. Who knows? All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll, we'll see you very, very you. soon. Uh. I almost hit where the other camera would have been. Let's not play baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.